the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Sadly, the church, by and large, bristles at the idea of being holy. Today, we'll help change all that. Join us. Greetings and welcome to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Today we're in Romans chapter 6, looking at verses 17 through 23, the fire of His holiness. What is holiness? Why is it important? Why is it that it scares so many Christians? Hopefully we've got a few answers for you today as we seek to study God's Word to show ourselves approved. Won't you join us again? Romans chapter 6, verses 17 through 23. And a message recently delivered here at the Well Christian Community in Livermore, California. Our teacher and pastor now, once again, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. I really believe that holiness has received a bad rap. Anytime you talk about holiness and the fire of God's holiness, people begin to start talking about legalism and control and things of that nature. Now, obviously, we know that there have been churches for years that have made t- terrible mistakes in preaching a gospel that's not balanced and does not bring clarity in regards to holiness. But saints, like the old saints would say, holiness is right. Can I have an amen? amen? And I believe that this is one of the things that God wants to do through our church and that he's going to do because a lot of times when people come to church, They're not just looking for a blessing. They're looking to be changed. And we as the people of God want to make sure that we're modeling this. And then we're also proclaiming messages like this to help people see that there is hope in Jesus to change. And holiness is something that God wants to forge within all of us. And that is a blessing. You know, um, and I think, like I said before, even in some Christian circles, when you talk about Holiness, people get, they start to get, you know, they start to cringe. But when I pick up my Bible, I believe that it says our God is a consuming fire and that he is holy. And he, I believe somewhere it says, be ye holy for I am holy. Amen. And so this is something that we should enjoy. We should thank God for. We should be looking for God to forge his holiness in our lives. Not just positionally, but experientially. I want to experience holiness in my life. I want God to forge this. And so this afternoon, I want to talk to you guys about the fire of holiness. The fire of holiness. Romans chapter 6, verse 17 on down to 23. And it says here in verse 17... It says, but God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, it says, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. It says, and having been set free from sin, 
You became slaves of righteousness. Somebody say slaves. Now, this is powerful because before we met the Lord, all of us were enslaved to our old sinful nature. And Christ, and I've said this before, Christ does not make you free so that you can become lawless. He makes you free so that you might become a slave to righteousness and holiness. So that righteousness and holiness becomes the predominant expression of your life. Does not mean that you're perfect yet, but it does mean we've submitted our lives to Christ, spirit, soul, and body. And now God's nature has been forged within us and we begin to reflect his holiness in the earth. Now, none of us can make ourselves holy. We are made holy through the influence and power of God's divine nature and his Holy Spirit. Okay, and so what happens for all of us, we have to embrace this. Now, there are certain things that God is going to ask me to put down, to pick up, to let go of, to receive so that I can partner with him in the sanctification process and enjoy the power of holiness. But I have to get it in my mind that I am no longer a slave to my sin or to the old sinful nature. My old sinful nature does not rule me, has no authority in my life. It has no ability. It does not have a right to function in my life anymore. Based on the fact that Jesus died for me, he was buried for me, and he rose from the grave for me. Amen? And so all of us have to get this in our minds that we have believed the doctrine. The teachings of Jesus Christ. We've accepted the doctrine, the teachings of Jesus Christ. And that was delivered to us. And we have been set free from the power of sin in our life. And have become slaves to righteousness. Okay? Think about this. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? Sin shall not have dominion over you. Because you are a slave to righteousness. And so, one of the things we have to realize too is some, you know, a lot of times in church now, people are this. This is a strange doctrine. People are saying, well, if you don't bring up sin, then people won't do it. No, oh, come on. That's not even biblical. That's not even in the word. No. People are going to do it because it's in them to do it. You don't have to teach your kids to lie. As soon as they turn two, they start saying, well, he did it. <laughs> what happens is, saints... We have to get in our mind that God, through the power of His Spirit, helps us to overcome our sinful nature. And talking about us gives us awareness, talking about it gives us awareness of it and causes us to see that, wait a minute, sin doesn't have dominion over me anymore. I am a slave to righteousness. Look at verse 19. It says, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh, for just as you presented your members... As slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness. So now present your members as slaves of righteousness for what? Holiness. Holiness. Slaves of righteousness because of the influence of God in my life. Which leads to ultimately holiness in my life. The word holiness here in the Greek, it means separation unto God. It means that I have been separated unto God. This word is tied to the word sanctification. 
Realize you are sanctified, you are being sanctified, and you will be sanctified. We know this is a process. But this holiness is the goal that God's trying to get us to and forge within us so that we realize that, wait a minute, in every area of my life, and I'm going to show this to you, spirit, soul, and body, I am to be separated, consecrated, set, set aside unto God. The world can't have me. The devil can't have me. My old sinful nature cannot have me. I am a Christian. Christ lives on the inside of me. My life, my predominant expression in life now is holiness. I don't give myself away to things that would defile me and my relationship with God. And it's okay for me to be different on my job. It's okay for me to be different in my family. It's okay for me to not want to carouse and hang out in the bars and cuss and hang out and do stuff. That Can I have an amen? That is okay for me to do because I have been set aside to God. I am a peculiar treasure and vessel that's been set aside for God's use and his purposes. What God wants me to do, I'll do that. Where God wants me to go, I'll go there. What God wants me to think about, I'll think about that. What God wants me to watch on TV, I'll watch that on TV. What God wants me to set my eyes on, I'll set my eyes on that. Can I have an amen? And it's okay to be in a position where you're set apart. Thank God that you're set apart. Thank God that you're not running in the same ways that, that you used to run in. Because why? I have, I have given myself over and presented myself and my member, members as a slave of righteousness for holiness. If this is okay. Look at verse 20. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regards to righteousness. This is a powerful statement because before we met Christ, we were, we were free uh, in regards to righteousness. Meaning, I would just do what my sinful nature wanted me to do. And I had no regards for what was really right, especially in the sight of God. I was just doing what I wanted to do. I was free from righteousness. But watch what he says. What fruit do you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. And all of us know this in some area, in some way in our lives. When we were living sinful lives, at the end of the day, we can remember. There's things now we don't even want to talk about. We got it in the closet and we lost the key. Well, I'm ashamed to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. Well, let's, talk, let's get into your past. Understand what you've been through. We want to get to the root of that. Ah, lost the key. What happens is, what happens is those things ultimately they bring shame into your life. Now we have to deal with it, but for all of us, when we think about our old sinful lives, the fruit of our own sinful lives brought shame. And not only does it say shame, but ultimately it would lead us to a place of death. Sin will always lead you to a place of death. I don't care how much pleasure you find in it for the moment ultimately it's going to produce death in all of our lives sin was our master it had control of us but glory be to god we're so thankful that he came alive came to this earth and gave us power to overcome our own sinful nature amen he says but now verse 22 having been set free from sin 
And having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to what? <sighs> Holiness. You have your fruit, what you're producing. And we've talked about this before. We talked about being fruitful in different ways. But ultimately, we want to bear fruit that reflects holiness in our lives. This kind of lifestyle, when we truly are a slave of God, it will produce the fruit of holiness in our lives. How can we say that we're a slave of God and we don't walk and live a holy life? I love the Lord. God is my Savior. But is he Lord? Everybody's looking for a, a life vest. But how many people are looking for someone to govern your life? This is what happens. We start talking about holiness. People start wanting to go to the bathroom. Because, I mean, it's foreign. And a lot of times in church, we don't hear about it anymore. We just hear, God loves you. Just come, you know, praise God. Sit there. But God does love us. But, but realize that he loves you enough to change you and to infuse his holiness within your life so that you and I could reflect him and be holy as he is holy. Remember, he's forging this in us, but we have to be willing to embrace this and thank God for holiness in our lives. He says, now, verse 22, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we want to embrace this aspect of Christianity. God, I want the fire of your holiness to be revealed in my life so that in everything I do, God, I'm reflecting you uh, spiritually, soulishly, and bodily. Amen? Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 to 24. Look at verse 17. It says, Thus I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of, because, uh, excuse me, because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have been, you've heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct. Somebody say former conduct. Now this is a problem because this is what happens a lot of times in church. We teach people about the value of acceptance, but we don't Put the ball in people's court to help them understand there's some things that God wants, to do, wants you to do in partnering with him for the, through, uh, for the sanctification process. Our former conduct, the old us, we have to partner with God in coming out of agreement with him or her so that God can do what he wants to do in our life. This becomes a major issue in Christianity because a lot of people do not like taking the scalpel and cutting on themselves so to speak it's easy just to 
you know, go on without being honest with ourselves in areas where we need to be set apart and separated and allow God to do what he's trying to do in our lives from a holiness standpoint. I mean, saints, this is important. And then what will happen is a lot of times people will say, well, ah, you know, God's not just in a bunch of rules. Well, God's not in a, to a bunch of rules. But a lot of times we say that, we tend to say we don't want a bunch of rules solely because we don't want to obey, obey the rules. So the greatest deception, just like the Gnostics, is just make all the rules go away. And then I won't feel bad if I break the rules. Because there are none. Because I, I made sure there weren't any. But it doesn't mean that God still doesn't have a standard. That we're going to have to give account of when we stand before him. Can I have an amen? Now, so the key is, is just realizing that God, no, this is more of a guidebook than it is a rule book. But there are some things that God wants us to do. But when we look at it, we have to say, wait a minute. I have to come out of agreement and I have to put off my former conduct and learn to come out of agreement with my old nature. Look at verse 22. That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, because watch what happens, which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you would put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and what? Holiness. Yes. Christ now is forging the new man within us in and through Christ and by Christ and as a result of that it's going to produce produce righteousness and holiness in my life this is just the natural process of becoming someone in Christ how can we say that we're walking with Christ and we don't have any holiness or righteousness being reflected in our lives when we truly give our life to Christ this is what happens People see your Christianity. They don't just hear you talk about it. People see Christ reflected in your life. They don't just, you know, hear you or see you shouting. At the end of the day, God wants to reflect his nature in and through us. But we have to come out of agreement with the old us. Amen. And look what it says here in verse 24. And that you put on. We have to allow, participate with God in putting on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. One of the major issues that we have sometimes is, I'm just going to say it to you, saints, and I've said this before in this church, is some of us, we like ourselves a little too much. I like being angry sometimes because nobody going to get on my nerves and tell me what to do. My mama didn't raise nobody like that. I sure enough know where the pan is at. Ain't nobody going to treat me like a chump. I know how to throw down. I like being bitter sometimes. People give me my space. Nothing wrong with that. Talking about my attitude. Who you? What he talking about? He up there preaching about holiness right now. He don't tell me what to live and how to live. So people, some people may be in here thinking that right now. Who does he think he is? I got the mic. <laughs> and God told me what to say. <laughs> you know, the devil be busy working in people who... 
tell me holiness. What's he talking about? Well, I'm telling you what the word said. Can I have an amen up in here? But this is what happens. People don't want to come out of agreement with the old them because they like themselves just a little too much. Instead of saying, Lord, if there's any area in my life where you can forge more holiness and righteousness, I'm all for it. I want it. I take it all. I need it all. I love it all. Bring it on, Lord. I want every bit of holiness you have to forge in my life. And I refuse to be proud. I refuse to be, you know, high-minded about it. If there's an area, Lord, just show me through the word. I want you to forge holiness in my life. I'm coming out of agreement with the old me. And I'm saying this to myself, saints, because that was one of the first things that God had to deliver me of. Is when I first got saved, is realizing that me getting saved didn't do God a favor. And that I wasn't as good as I thought I was. Because I was thinking I only had one thing I needed to change in my life. And if I could just change that one thing, that I would be just so dynamic for God. And he can use me to go all over the world and preach his messages. I just had one problem. Lord, this one problem, that's all I got. Man, I started reading this Bible. I was like, Lord, why didn't you even allow me to be created? I got issues. I had issues I didn't even know about. But aren't you grateful that God comes in and changes you? Amen. He doesn't leave you like that. Watch this. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So he says here that we have to come out of agreement with our old man because ultimately God is creating true righteousness and holiness in our lives. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And let's look at this. Verse 1 on down to 8. Now this is awesome. Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus Christ. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and in what? Uh, So this is something I have to do under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And it is a blessing. I want to walk and please God and I want to know how to possess my vessel in sanctification and honor before God. Why? Because I'm set apart for his use in my life. He says here, Verse 5, not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of us of and defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in what? Holy. But in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. And so it is clear from this passage of the scripture that this is something that God is looking for, that he called us to a place of holiness in our lives, and that we should constantly be examining areas where we can tighten things up so that God can have the preeminence in those areas of our lives, and we can constantly be set apart For his use and his purposes in our lives. We do not want to be defiled. Amen. We don't want any stains on our garment. We want God to consider us holy and continue to forge holiness within us. Now watch how powerful this is. Go to chapter 5 and we're going to look at verse 23. 
chapter 5, verse 23. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Completely. That I have been set apart and set aside completely. This word also is holy. I think the King James says holy. Think about this. God of peace is setting me aside and setting me apart for his use and his purposes as a peculiar vessel and treasure complete. And you're listening to Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here today on Times of Refreshing. Our desire is to see you grow in Christ through the daily ministry of God's Word. And as you take time to spend with us studying God's Word, we trust you are being encouraged in Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, we love hearing from you. It means a great deal to us knowing that these programs are having their desired effect on your life, spurring you on in Christ, love, and good deeds. You can reach out to us by phone, 925 925- 292-7800, 925-292-7800, or write to us. Times of Refreshing, 2333 Nissan Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You're also welcome to visit our website, thewellchurch.net. It's a great place to visit if you would like information regarding who we are, where we meet, what we're about. Past sermons are available online there, as well as our online store. And you can even get connected with us there. Again, thewellchurch.net. Now, normally at this time, I would invite you to join us for worship here at the well. But at least until May 1st, because of the COVID-19, we're not available to do that at this time. What we are available to do is invite you to join us on either our church app, at our website, thewellchurch.net, or on our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful as well during this time of challenge with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we are praying and standing on His truths during this time and remembering that God is in control, and we're praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. God bless.